do you remember you, Sash, were like, well, why would you give up everything you have? And now that we've seen the picture of Elio, we're like, yeah, do what you need to do. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So are there stages of quarantine? Are, you know when how they say there's stages of grief and there's like, I don't know, sadness and then regret or I don't know what they are because um, well, this is unprecedented, I should have memorized yes. lemonade that way. But, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but there, there has to be a, like a stage of anger, right? Yes. I'm fucking like with angry. A break, with, a, with a breakup, right? It's like you feel the heartbreak and yeah. like the loss and the anxiety. Where are you? Um, I, I'm... Um, I thought I was doing really well, and I still am, but on Sunday, I wanted to drop kick Corey's ass, and it, that feeling hasn't subsided for the last 48 hours. Did I he am, do anything to cause no, this, or? No, 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 I'm just, I am over being cooped up. I'm, uh, everything's just annoying me. I mean, I guess I'm not in anger phase as much as I am in annoying phase. I should just, like, like clink this, just get the sound out of the way I am having a cocktail that's not I even a cocktail am. this is jack Listen, daniels look at me i don't ever fucking drink this is what the quarantine has done to me which is probably not good to mix my anger and my drink right now but here we are um okay, why, okay so it sounds like we are in the same stage of whatever okay, this but is. is your anger is your anger phase towards yasik <laughs> no is it, that's okay. my thing is i can't be mad at him because he does everything oh <laughs> uh, what do you mean well he He's so industrious. Um, okay. He's been he's gardening. Mm. He's been gardening. He changed the tires on the cars. He cleaned last weekend. He successfully rebuilt, redesigned, and relaunched the website. Um, okay, right, right. Like, so what can I say can... to him? Like, I can't direct my anger at him, which is also mm. making me angry. But do you say thank you? <laughs> Is yeah, I say thank you. Your, okay, okay. Listen, okay, as I said, uh, have I said this to you? I am a gourmet chef. All I do is cook. Yes, I am also 24-7 personal chef to Corey. And I do yeah, all the cooking. All the cooking and the meal planning. And you obsess about it, right? Yeah, but it's so cool because I'm actually like weirdly now the recipes are coming up in my head. Like I'm oh, like, oh. Look at you. I you're freestyling. This this. I'm freestyling now, yeah. which is amazing. Why okay, are you I, tonight? I am not freestyling. I follow recipes, but I'm getting really good at the recipes that I follow and even new recipes. Um, and I find myself obsessing over like the meal plan. Oh, and yeah. if I don't have the ingredients I need, like if I – because, you know, the grocery delivery windows sometimes are really narrow. And then when they come, you don't get like 30% of the things you ordered. And I had already yeah. planned, let's say, on Wednesday to make this, but I needed the basil and the basil yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. come. I get – then I, I go into You're a tailspin off. and then my anger <laughs> – why? What are you guys having tonight? Tonight we're having Thai chicken noodle soup. I can smell it. It's so good. So oh I'm God. like, it's simmering right now. Okay. Well, let's get this podcast happening so we can fucking eat. All right. Oh, but wait, before well, we well, start, well. 
before we start, we have an update. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. So Oliver and Elio. Um, from last Oliver. week. Yeah, from last week. So if you are um, just tuning in now, go listen to last week because it was great. Um, so just a recap, Oliver met Elio. Elio was this Charlie Hunnam hot dude. He described was... him as a Charlie Hunnam lookalike. And you and I yeah. were basically like, um, we need proof. <laughs> we needed proof. But I was like, show me someone that I could be attracted to. Um, and um, he was, Oliver was debating whether or not he should start a real relationship with Elio because they live in two different countries. Anyway, fucking Oliver, kind, lovely man, sent us the picture and uh, come on. <laughs> we can't show you the picture, but we just want you to take, like, we just want you to take our word for it that this guy who, because you know sometimes people describe someone yes. looking like someone else and you're like, okay, let me see. And then uh, it is the it's the janky it. ass, yeah. poor cousin version, broke down version, broke down. This yeah. there is no breaking down here. Um, this was uh, even elevated. I was like, <laughs> this person's even hotter than Charlie Hunnam. He's so hot. So if you remember Oliver's story, um, he met all. Wait, he met, Oliver met Elio. Elio is in the armed forces in America, mm-hmm. and so he's a soldier who looks like Charlie Hunnam, and we can confirm that the he hotness like Char- level is, the, it was not exaggerated. He's so fucking body, hot. The body was of Chris Hemsworth. Oh, my so God. put all that together, and the reason why we know that his body is, is because <laughs> Oliver sent us a topless picture. It was fucking great. And it was, and it was totally not a fake either. Like, that was not like, no. on some it was not a like, random weather yeah. yeah. Which then... Again, as we predicted, changed our opinion on our advice, and we were like, "Please just be together. Just do what you need to do. <laughs> do you have to give up your life? No. Do you remember you, Sash? We're like, well, why would you give up everything you have? And now that we've seen the picture of Elio, we're give like, yeah, up. do what you need to do. Give it up. Go get that. Lose everything. <laughs> Lose everything to go get that. Um, which is Again. why we're not qualified to be doing That's this. <laughs> Again. We are questionable in our advice. <laughs> all right. Um, here are this week's questions. First question. I read all the time now, you fuck. Do you know what? I was thinking about that today and I love it because A, you're a better reader because you do that for your fucking job. I don't know. I but feel like also, I'm too moisty mouth as Justin Trudeau, prime minister would say. <laughs> moisty mouth? Didn't you, didn't you see his press yeah, conference where he was like... Oh, moistness. Yeah. Moistly. No, moistly. 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 Yeah, sorry. You've been saying moistly. Moist, anyway. moist mouth? No, like I feel like there's always kind of fucking spit um, in my mouth when I'm reading. Well, now everyone's going to hear that. <laughs> um, but no, I like it better because we have audio issues and your audio is perfect. And like, then I just get to chill. So go. Okay, fine. Um, all right. Hi, Sasha and Lainey. Back at the end of January, I met this guy online, let's call him Ben, and we instantly had loads in common. When we decided to meet up after about a week of texting nonstop, we really hit it off. He's very smart, charming, and funny. We had tons of chemistry and the physical attraction seemed mutual. I'm someone who likes to take it pretty slow when it comes to sleeping with guys, so for the next four-ish weeks, we spent a lot of time getting to know each other and spending time together. He was very respectful about me wanting to take things slow, which was a really huge plus for me. We liked so many of the same things, had a ton of fun together, and the heat between us felt palpable. After the four-ish weeks, I felt ready to take the next step, and so we slept together, and it was bad. 
like yeah. extremely awful. All the chemistry and heat went flying out the door and it felt like I was fucking a dead fish. No rhythm, <laughs> way too quick if you catch my drift, no foreplay, intensely quiet and just so awkward. If you've seen Sex in the City, imagine the first time Carrie sleeps with Burger and multiply times a hundred. I decided to give it another go and be more vocal about what I like, don't like. I tried to ramp it up in the foreplay department and ask him what turns him on, tell him what turns me on, etc. Still just as awkward and awful as before. Right after the second time, the COVID lockdown started and we decided to not isolate together. He still had to go into work and it was safer for me to be away and not exposed, which I was fine with because I'm not sure what I should do about us and it brought me time to it bought me time to not have to see him. It's been a month since we've been in isolation and we still talk every day, but I don't know what to do when this is all over. He's a great guy and in every other way, we're a perfect match, but I do not know how to sustain with a horrible sex life. I'm sure I sound like a huge cunt for thinking of dumping him over this, but I'm confused. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? Accept a bad sex in exchange for the rest or cut and run? Thanks a bunch, Molly. All right, Molly. Okay. Um, Okay, this is a really, really, really good question. So everything else is working except like the like when what's happening in the past. Yeah. Like yeah. okay. Um oh, well, I know that we're gonna be in agreement at the end of this, Are we? Yes. Oh what? Because you think I'm gonna say, oh, just fuck a dead fish for the rest <laughs> of your life. Yeah, I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> I may be vanilla, but you fucking need to want to have sex with your partner mm-hmm. at some point in the relationship. <laughs> I'm not saying it has to happen every day, but it, you can't have a healthy relationship if you're not attracted to your partner. And sure, she's like attracted to him right now in that way that she like wants to still make it happen because there's all these other pieces that are great, but that's going to expire soon. And then all you'll be left with is someone you don't want to fuck. And that is an absolute deal breaker. And and that's what's so painful. I've had friends too who have been in this exact situation where they've been with someone, they've been with them for years, and they are absolutely so well matched, not when it comes to the sack. And you can't feel like for, sorry, what was her name? Molly? Mm -hmm. Molly will feel less and less of a woman as this goes on. And you'll feel you'll be miserable. You'll be miserable. I can absolutely tell you, like, give it fucking even a week or two having bad sex and you will not want to be with it. I, I, everything you said, I agree with. You have to have, um, especially since sex is clearly important to Molly, right? We're going by what Molly's giving us. Molly wants, like, Molly wants a good dick and down. Mm -hmm. She, (laughs) right? Yeah. There are some people who it doesn't matter. Like they're just not made that way. They're, it, you know, they're not so structured true. in a way where they like sex all that much or they they need it to be explosive. And that's fine too. We're all Absolutely. different. But Molly yeah. clearly from her message needs, is horny, needs yeah. to have her horniness addressed and taken care of and yes. knows what she likes. I love that. And I love, and we have to give her props for giving it a second try and also yes. trying to put communication in that Correct. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> not like n- pun, not, what is that expression? Pun not intended? intended? No pun intended? Yeah. 
No pun intended. Yeah. I, I, see, we're out of the world and now I don't, I don't know how to talk any, anymore. I have yeah. no brain muscles anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're, so no pun intended. I do think that – because what she's saying is what you do post-isolation, right? Like the first time they see each other again, whether or not like she said she should bail out right away. I would mm-hmm. recommend one more session. Third time lucky, right? Let's see. But I would recommend a session first online. Sorry, what? Like I, I think that they should have phone sex oh. or fucking FaceTime sex first. Ah, right. Okay. Like yeah. I would, if you feel safe, if you don't feel safe doing that and you don't trust this person to, um, uh, not tape you, not tape you and all that, <laughs> yeah. 100% don't do it, but it, it's up to you. Having said that, I do think that that is something that a lot of people are doing right now. Well, okay. people were doing it before right. and especially now with the hormones, ramping up and people not able, not being able, or many people, some people are still breaking the rules and, you know, getting it done. But I think there's a lot of FaceTime sex and phone sex happening, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, or I text sex. Assume, I would assume it that yeah. has to be happening. So I would right now during isolation, see if you can introduce that into your communication, whether it's over text mm-hmm. or FaceTime, because you're only going to be able to pleasure yourself, really. Mm-hmm. And it has to be more verbal. Like you're going to have to get each other off. You have to get yourself off and get each other off by communication. So uh, talking it through and sounds and visually. And so if you're like showing him how you like to be fingered and, you know, manipulating your pleasure that way and right. giving him like the science project of it, I wonder whether or not then you go – when you come out of isolation, you see if that helped him in any way, in any way, if he picked anything up. And if he didn't, then yes, by all means, shut it down. It's done. And you move forward. Okay. That's actually really, that's great advice. Cause it's like studying before the big exam. The next time they see each other, I think will be the make it or break it. Yeah. But in the meantime, yes, great advice is to like, see if you can continually massage yeah. where this could go. <laughs> Also, no pun intended. <laughs> and then fucking give them one more try. Right? But I, but I if will you, tell, Only if it's safe. Again, like the asterisk yes, here yes, is only if you think that he's not going to tape you and revenge porn you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. But um, – Might be fun. Well, I mean, fuck. Got nothing else to do. So right? might as well do that. Yeah, Everybody needs feel, a release. Yeah. So, um, that's great advice. I'm proud of you. Oh, I just thanks. I would like to say but before this um, – podcast lady flashed me and I didn't really feel safe. So maybe, maybe you should take your own goddamn advice and not throw your It's only because in, no, you, at, you, in regular times, no. you see me naked no. uh, like on a regular basis and yeah, but it's something you've friends, missed. No, all of your friends have to deal with it and you always make some sort of like plot line or you narrate it that we all be waiting for it we all miss it excuse me duanna doesn't mind like at this point i have walked i have like bent over nastily in front of duanna and she just keeps talking really yeah ask her okay i miss duanna (laughs) oh thanks well you know i just miss her um but anyway feel safe 
unlike me, <laughs> is where I was going with that. Okay, let's get to the next question. <laughs> um, okay. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Next. All right, next. So, Sasha and Lainey, this is more like a dilemma instead of a drama, so I hope that's okay. A little bit of context. I found out last week that I'm pregnant. Congratulations. This is good news for me and my husband, and we couldn't be more thrilled. As I'm a healthcare worker, I ended up deciding that it was safer to tell my bosses straight away because of the coronavirus context, and they reacted in the best way possible and told me to stay home until further notice. As it would be hard to hide from my family and friends that I was no longer working since we are all checking in with each other regularly, I decided to tell immediate family and very close friends about the pregnancy, even though it's still early days. Fast forward to today when I was FaceTiming with my friend S to deliver the news and she asked me a bit of a weird question. How did our friend T react to the news? T is my oldest friend. We have known each other since we were five years old, ride or die till the end. T was the first friend I told with our other best friend, M. I did have a funny feeling that she wasn't reacting in the way I expected her to, but I thought it was about her fears of our friendship changing, etc. Now S says, oh no, did she not tell you? So it finally comes out that T called S this weekend because things aren't going so great in her relationship, and after some questioning, she finally reveals to S that she had an abortion in January. I had absolutely no idea. And I feel like such a bad friend. I wish I could have been there for her. According to S, she's the only person other than T's boyfriend who knows. Not even M, apparently. Her family would freak out. S said that T was more worried about the fact that her and her BF haven't been intimate a lot, and she dismisses the abortion as not being all that important. But I know her, and I know this is a big deal for her, and that she's burying her emotions. I wholeheartedly believe in her right to choose. I'm just so worried about her emotional state. Don't worry that S was being a bad friend for telling me. She wanted to give me a bit of a heads up since this might be a triggering situation for T. So now my question for both of you is what should I do going forward? Pretend I don't know this secret. Is there any way to be there for a friend who went through an abortion without talking about it with them? Should I not talk too much about my pregnancy? I just really want to be there for her, but I don't want to force her to tell me anything she's decided to keep to herself for now. I truly can understand why sometimes you don't necessarily want to tell your best friends everything. It just makes me question if we've been drifting apart and I've not taken notice or done enough. Um, Worried and confused bestie. Okay. Bestie still sounds like a pretty good friend. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit, uh, like if they are ride or die, if this is really her best friend, I am um, a little bit of a question mark comes up into my head to think why her best friend hasn't felt um, comfortable telling her January, right? January, mm-hmm. February, March, almost three and a half months yeah. here. Um, and so that makes me wonder that last part that our writer just said, which is maybe I haven't been there for her. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like my bad friend. So I'm kind of like, like 
hanging on to that those last words because I'm like, hmm, that seems like the most interesting part for us to dig in first, which is right. Maybe that is true, and maybe our writer needs to um, evaluate that a little bit deeper because it would seem weird that her best friend after a little bit of crying, told another friend, mm-hmm. right? Which means has our writer not asked enough questions mm-hmm. to her best friend to mm-hmm. see how she's actually doing. She described her as ride or die. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's and where I'm at with that. I appreciate, like, I love that uh, the person who's writing in here is saying, I love her. I'm really worried about her. I want to yeah. be a good friend. Like, you're coming at this from a really good place yes. already. And... I also like the person who told you. I think that that person yes. was well-intended as well. I, I don't yes. think it was like gossipy or no. whatnot. So clearly everybody just wants to take care and love the person who yes. needs to be loved. Um, it sounds like they're getting friend support from somewhere. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that she was able to tell somebody. S. Yeah. Um, And – it never hurts to have more support, but yeah, how do you get into this or like, do you, I don't know, like, do you ask the friend who told you to sort of bridge this conversation? Do you, do you, I don't know, like plant things in a conversation and see if it comes out, like, or do you just let it be and see if it comes out naturally? Well, I think a bit of both. I think what our reader can do with her friend T is call her. Um, and I would, and I would, I, our writer also was like, should I talk about my pregnancy? I think you just get, give your pregnancy a little bit of a backseat, even though it's like a wonderful moment. But right now I feel like the person that is dealing with trauma is your friend and is probably having a hard time dealing with it, seeing as apparently like she hasn't told her family and like she's having some relationship problems within her own relationship. I, as a best friend, there's, you know, like you can, you know, your friend, like you can ask the right questions to be like, how are you? And I think also you come out and say to T, listen, I think I've been a real shit friend and haven't really been like connected with you. And maybe I've been like in my own fairy dairy land with my baby and my own life and this quarantine being really stressful, but like, can we chat right back into you? Cause maybe um, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. That alone is enough of like a little hook line and sinker mm-hmm. to ideally open up that conversation for tea. Listen, I don't need to push much further than that, but I think you can start to have more of those conversations whereby you give tea a chance to talk about what's going on. And ideally she will open up. I mean, the last thing you want to do when you're going through something like that is not tell your best fucking friend. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I don't think it has to be super complicated here. It's, hey, how are you? It's been a while. You know, I'm sensing something like something's up with you. You know, yeah. you seem a little bit different. You, you know, is there something you want to talk about? Like as best friends, you kind of have a radar and an antenna and like a vibe, right? And mm-hmm. you clearly – she clearly sensed there was a vibe looking back at that yes. conversation when she told yes. her that she was pregnant. As for her pregnancy taking a backseat, I don't think you have to go intentionally pretend it isn't there. No. Like. No. Don't don't be that. You don't have to I don't think you have to make it so obvious that you're like, don't worry about me. I'm insignificant here. It's just no. I wouldn't lead with it and I would um you know, you seem to be quite self-aware, so I don't think you need to worry about whether or not you talk about your pregnancy. If she asks you about your pregnancy, sure, don't monopolize the conversation for 6 hours, but 
you also seem like self-aware enough to not monopolize the conversation for six hours. Just be like, oh yeah, hey, I'm feeling good or I'm not feeling good and I'm concerned about this or whatever, this, that, the other. And then as in any friendship conversation, volley it back and be like, what about you? Like, you know, catch me up on your your work, your boyfriend, your anxieties. Like you seem a little bit – you seem a little bit down lately or whatever. Totally. I mean, it's the direct approach like any friend would. Totally. Yeah. Sniff, sniff it out. Yeah. So what I would advise to not do is what our writer put up as a suggestion. Should I just like back away from it and see if she brings it up on her own? Listen, you've been doing that strategy for three and a half months. It hasn't worked. Yeah. So you've got to then refocus back to where you guys were before this. And so, yes, engage, ask the right best friend questions. You know her best. I I have a feeling she'll probably tell you, but she's probably felt also like no one wants to, you know, quote unquote, rain on someone's parade, right? Like, oh my God, you're, you're giving, you're giving life. Well, let me tell Mm -hmm. you about my really sad story. Like, you know, she's in a tricky position too, because she wants to be a good friend to you as well and not be this Debbie Downer, even though that's not the case. I want to make that very clear. Um, But I think you guys just have some honest conversations. But again, I applaud the self-awareness. And oh, absolutely. As absolutely. If you, if you, that's you and you, you keep that up, if you maintain that self-awareness, you're going to be okay with this. Yeah, so good I luck agree. and, um, and applaud you for, appreciate you for being a good friend. Yeah. Okay. So final question. <clears throat> uh, Sasha, I hope you and your fam, real and extended, are safe and well. I'm writing to get some perspective and advice on my own domestic state while we're all cooped up here at home. My husband and I have been married for 12 years and together for almost 18. We have two young kids at home and demanding full-time jobs and up until recently have had a relatively equal division of work and home labor. With the outbreak of coronavirus, my husband's workload as a manager in the health sector has gone through the roof, like 16 to 18-hour days for the last six weeks, while mine has continued as normal. But now, with the shutdown of schools and physical distancing, I've been solely responsible for not only my own work, but also homeschooling and childcare, meals, no takeout, is takeout okay, and all the housework, which, sorry, this is a privileged lady complaint, used to be at least somewhat outsourced. We're doing fine overall. Obviously, it could be so much worse. But my relationship with my husband is giving me some serious pause. It's not like we're more than weekly sex people usually. Vacations were the exception. Woohoo. But we haven't had sex for like six weeks. And my husband seems to have zero interest in even cuddling, let alone any physical intimacy. When he looks at me, there's no spark or apparent interest. It feels like we are weird quarantine roommates and I can't figure out what's going on. I've asked him and he says he's just stressed out with work, but isn't six weeks, an insanely lengthy time to have no desire. Should I be worried? Finally, not to internalize the patriarchy, but I swear to fucking heaven that I'm not get um, that I'm not letting myself go. I'm not obviously losing weight hanging out at home with two children, but I'm basically the same and have been making an effort to do my hair, makeup, and wear cute clothes for my work Zoom calls. What do you think? Is this amount of time without sex or any physical touch, a red flag, worthy of some serious conversation and or online couple therapy, or should I just chill in light of global pandemic? I legit don't know what's normal anymore. Please don't use any real or identifying info. Just give me a cool, fun pseudonym and thanks so much in advance. Um, Stay safe out there. Okay. So um, a cool pseudonym. Let's give her a cool name. (laughs) What's that? I said you're good at that. Um, Okay. Lola. Okay, Lola. Lola. Um, 
I mean, for me, like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm just trying to like push out words. There's, you're like six weeks. Are you guys okay? Like six weeks? I haven't fucking wanted to text Corey this whole time. And so I, we've talked about this. I think in the beginning or like whatever midway through quarantine, we were like, "Are you wanting to like get, get freaky at all?" Like I have no sexual desire at all, and I'm not. And by no means am I like, "Oh God, might as well get a fucking divorce now." Like this is some stressful ass fucking shit. Yeah. And so when I'm listening to you read Lola's letter, I'm also I'm I'm like. Lola's got some serious tunnel vision about her own needs and I get it they should be met they should be discussed but her husband is a healthcare worker he's being pummeled with horror stories on the regular um not to mention we don't know how this is affecting a lot of people's mental health whereby their mental health before this was totally fine like this is some triggering fucking shit that's going down and on top of his stressful workload He's probably dealing with feelings that he never thought he ever had to deal with before, which is, um, who knows? It can range from stress to anxiety to like fear of death. All these sort of things have been kind of bubbling up for lots of people, which isn't like the hottest fucking like thing to get you wet is like, oh, let's talk about deal with pandemics and death all the time. Let's <laughs> fucking like, let's get down and dirty and fuck. Like that's not necessarily most people's mindset Mm -hmm. so for me I'm like Lola Lola stop thinking about you and let's think about your husband and maybe engage with what and how he's feeling right now as opposed to being like oh well do I need couples therapy Mm -hmm. I don't know that's like some fast track shit to me I but I don't want to be too hard on Lola because she mentioned the patriarchy in her um, message and the patriarchy I think does have something to do with this because Men in North America have been conditioned and stereotyped and we've bought into that stereotype where they have to like be ready to rock on all the time, right? That Mm -hmm. men are these virile beings who um, don't have mental health issues and that they basically wake up and they're rock hard and they're ready to jam. And I think that this is – so I I do – I don't want to – criticize um, Lola too much because we all bought into that at a certain point and we kind of have to unlearn that if we have if we want to be I hear you Sash I'm sorry I, I rolled my eyes at you're head, rolling my but, your eyes at me but yeah. I get it like I do think yes definitely Lola chill the fuck out like you've given us no reason to be worried about your marriage it's gonna be fine like as you said you've got a lot of blessings right now it you should yes take your own advice or do what you just wrote and chill the fuck out. But beyond mm-hmm. that, I think there's a bigger discussion about how stress can affect men, not just women. I think that, you know, I think that men can be sensitive. And I think it's oh really great that yes. a man who works in healthcare is, I feel bad that he's having to face all this terrible news every fucking day, people dying, people being sick, people being separated from their families, people being afraid. Like, that definitely weighs on someone's sexual personality and mood. And so, yeah, if he, after dealing with all this shit, doesn't want to bone you, I think it's, God, I, I think that that's normal. And I think we should normalize it being normal. Um, exactly. But can we, can we just rewind for a second? The patriarchy comment by her was like, 
like, oh, fuck patriarchy, but like, I'm still trying to be cute. That's why she used that comment. She yeah. didn't say, yeah, which is... No, no, but I think that the patriarchy is like all kinds of things, right? It's expectations on men, but also expectations on women. Like, hey, you but better be hot because otherwise your husband want to fuck you and he'll go and it, you can't blame him for wanting to go fuck someone who has maintained their weight or is hot. Right, but that's Lola's that's Lola's ish, right? And that's why I'm like, Lola, get your ass out of your, sorry, (laughs) get your head out of your ass. Because what the problem here most likely is, yes, your, your husband has fallen in the trap of patriarchy because he doesn't know probably how to express these emotions, these really complex emotions Mm -hmm. in this unprecedented time. But don't you think it's the patriarchy because her first instinct was to blame herself? Like that's also an instinct of women where like, is it me? Is it, have I done something wrong? Is it about my attractiveness? Like that too is part of all of the complicated consequences of of patriarchy and misogyny where it's always Mm -hmm. women having to think through what they did first before they can, you know, look at other factors. Sure. Yes. I totally agree with you. But how long have these people been married? They've been together, they've been together 18 years and married for 12. Okay. I mean... Yeah. Listen, if your sex life is being fairly like consistent and you're now freaking out over six weeks, like understandably so. I don't yes. know. I'm just sort of like maybe Lola also needs to like figure out where she is with her mental health because I don't think one needs to spike their emotional levels this high over this. And listen, thank you for writing. I don't want to shame you, but like I'm also like TikTok. This was a really this was this isn't a hard issue to get over. Like, fucking talk to your husband. Yep. Make sure he's okay. Um, tell him, yes, express to him that, like, you miss, like, like being with him or whatever. Because maybe you haven't expressed that he doesn't know. But, like, this is a fucked up time. And maybe, like, getting his dick wet isn't the thing that he wants to do right now. Which is understandable. And then on top of that, too, it's just even if there were, weren't stresses and anxieties and mental health factors, there's also no mystery. Like... Part of what can keep a relationship exciting is when you do have a little distance from each other. You're not on top of each other all the time. Like what a lot of couples are finding right now is that you are in each other's faces all the fucking time. So there's no time to miss the other person. So, you know, for me, you know, I was talking, I guess, I don't know who I was saying this to, but I was saying like before I used to leave the house at six o'clock, I wouldn't come come home until six o'clock. So that was 12 hours of me not seeing not yeah. hearing, not yeah. feeling not the hearing. presence of my partner yeah. within literally like meters away, right? Yeah. And so walking home or walking in the door was like exciting for me to see his face. Like, oh, I haven't seen your face all day. I'm really excited to see you. Now there's none of that. I, 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 he might as well just be a fucking ghost. <laughs> I like, I feel nothing. I look through him. It's awful. <laughs> I understand, like, now I've gone to, like, the crescendo of why people will have, like, some marital-ish during these times. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's not natural to, like, live, breathe, eat, fucking shit all together it's for not. 24 hours a day. You need a little distance. You need a little yeah. space just to keep just to keep the mystery, to, to, to sort of whet your appetite for that person. So... This I don't think that this is anything out of the ordinary. I would imagine that there are many people out there who fe- who are feeling the same way. And if there are people out there who are fucking more than they ever fucked because they are home all day, power.
power to those people. That, that works too. There's nothing wrong with that either. But I think that you should just read his cues. He has a high stress job. He's dealing with a lot of terrible shit right now. Plus you're up in his face all day. He's up in your face all day. Um, These are unprecedented, crazy, stressful times. Stressful times. It's fine. It's totally fine. Now, Listen, if you wrote to us in two weeks and we're like, he's going into the shed every night and I don't know what he's doing, but our neighbor in a red dress, like I saw her sneaking out the window, then yes, 100% write to us. But like, (laughs) but right now, I, I, I think that we, if anything, we can all sort of maybe also take the time during this time when we have some time challenging all those preconceived notions of what masculinity is and what sex should be in a marriage and maybe start over. I totally agree. And also I think for Lola too is to know that you're not alone. Like I would imagine there is a high percentage of couples that are feeling the exact same way. Yes. Either both people don't even want to touch each other or maybe there's one couple, one person out of the couple being like fucking marrying to go. The other is it like, everybody's relationships are kind of put to a test right now. I I just had sex for the first time like three days ago. Um, I don't oh, know. congratulations. Since like maybe March. But – Okay. Yeah. And, and it – Did it make you want to do it again though? No. Or you like, ah, good. Yeah, yeah like, like it was nice. <laughs> it was sure. fun. But I'm not like – now I'm not like, oh, we shouldn't have waited so long. I'm still like, yeah, this is a really fucking weird time. So, anyway, I hope that helps, Lola. Yeah. Um, sorry, we were a bit tough. Yeah, I finished my the last sip of my drink. That's probably why I was a little bit angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And keep your questions coming and your updates to me at Sasha at LadyDrossett.com. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye. 